are listening to It's Time with Margie Florent. Join Margie as she inspires, teaches, and encourages you to develop your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ through prayer. One of the assignments the Holy Spirit has given us at the River Ministries is to teach the world how to pray. Now, that may seem like a pretty big vision, but what I have learned, mostly from my son, is that through the internet, podcasts, and radio, we have the opportunity to get our message out to the nations. This particular series called The Art of Intercession speaks of only one kind of prayer spoken of in the Word of God. I would encourage you to take your time and listen to each teaching one after the other so you receive a full understanding of what God teaches us about this particular kind of prayer. Before we go into the teaching, let me leave you with one of my favorite quotes by E.M. Bounds. God shapes the world through prayer. The more prayer there is in the world, the better the world will be. Okay, we're going to continue our study on the art of intercession. I would like to turn to Isaiah 62, chapter, chapter 62, verse 6. We're going to go ahead and begin reading. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes and in this case makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Now in talking about intercession, intercessory prayer, we want to emphasize in this teaching that an intercessor is also a watchman. Now there are two kinds of watchmen. Number one, there are prophetic intercessors. These prophetic intercessors, like some of you who are listening, <clears throat> have answered the call to prayer and have made prayer their ministry. They've decided, Isaiah 56, 7, that they're going to be what God said that they are, and that is a house of prayer that according to Hebrews 7.25, that he ever lives to make intercession and that as he is, so are we in this world. And so they're allowing Jesus the intercessor to have free expression through them. They are prophetic intercessors. And at times, the gifts of the Spirit, <clears throat> especially the revelation gifts, operate and flow through these prophetic intercessors. And in the last 10 years, there's been a great amount of teaching on the prophetic. And I believe the reason for this emphasis on the prophetic is not just for men and women to prophesy to one another, which is good. We don't despise prophesying. We need prophecy for edification, exhortation, comfort. We need prophetic words. God knows that prophecy is given, that we can war a good warfare. We need prophecy in the church. But I also believe that one of the reasons that God has taught the church uh, how to be a prophetic people 
is because he wants his church, his body, who are all called to prayer, to take what they have learned and bring it into the prayer closet. God said, I've set watchmen upon your walls. In this case, it was, oh, Jerusalem. Let's say in this case, it's, oh, United States of America, or, oh, Nigeria, or, oh, Germany, or, oh, Japan. God said, I'm the one that has set these watchmen. <clears throat> Each and every one of you that live in these days are born for a time such as this. All the training we've received, all the impartation we have been receiving is all for a plan and a purpose. And I even believe, and what I hear in my spirit, it is, it's like when they crucified Jesus. God had a plan. It was called the plan of redemption. And if the princes of this world known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory because the devils, the demons, and the evil spirits all played into the plan of God, the plan of redemption. And so it is in the day and in the hour that we live in today. I believe God has a plan. God has a purpose. He has a dream. And I believe everything we've done up till now is playing into a great harvest that is coming to the earth. Another great move of God. And so that includes those of us who are a prophetic people. What we need to do is we need to take everything that we've learned about faith, the word of God, being prophetic, and we need to take that into the place of prayer and we need to loose the intercessor Jesus and let him go. Now, I said there's two kinds of watchmen. The second kind of watchmen are the New Testament prophets. They stand in the office of the prophet spoken of in Ephesians 4, 11 through 18. All prophets are intercessors. Any New Testament five-fold ministry gift who stands in the office of a prophet, he is a seer, he operates consistently in the revelation gifts, and every single one of them, general, most of them are intercessors. They have a heart for prayer, they have a heart for intercession, they see things in the spirit, and instead of just idly let, letting them drop, they take those needs and they take them into prayer. All prophets are intercessors, but not all intercessors are prophets. Are you listening? Not all intercessors are prophets. Something that came flying out of my mouth one time when I was preaching a webinar, and I was actually quite surprised, but it was actually true. I said to the people, <clears throat> I said, do you know what constitutes the office of a prophet? <laughs> persecution, rejection, misunderstanding, and quite a bit of hell until eventually you go through the fire and through the process and God brings you out to the, a rich, moist place and then he makes you his mouthpiece. You get to a place where you're not afraid of the faces of men. You don't care what people think. You've been so persecuted, crushed, beaten down that you eventually just rise up dead to the things of the world, dead to the opinion of man, and you're just going to preach and say and do whatever God's called you to say or do. So I wouldn't covet the office of the prophet if you're not called to be the, in the office of the prophet. As a matter of fact, this calling comes before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. 
The Bible said, I knew you, and in Jeremiah's case, he ordained you to be a prophet. So when Jesus ascended up on high, he gave these gifts unto men, and the day that you were conceived in your mother's womb, God called you, he anointed you, he put his hand upon you, and if it's not there now, my friend, it will never be there. But if it's there now, I can truly say this, and if you're like Jonah, run, running away from the presence of God, I'll tell you straight up, the, the callings of God are without repentance. So if you're called to, be, to stand in the office of a prophet, you're called into any of the five-fold ministry gifts, I would strongly encourage you just to say yes to God because he'll, he'll get to you anyway. So anyway, it's not about the title anyway. It's really about the function. Are you listening? It's about the functions, not about the title. Anna is an example of an intercessor who was a prophetess. If you check her out, we'll talk about her later in Luke 2, 36 through 38. Anna, what she did, she stood in the office of a prophet, and she prophesied the coming Redeemer and that he was to come, and she knew that he would come in her lifetime. And what she did was she saw something in the Spirit, but she prayed that that prophecy through right to the end till Jesus came and was right there and she saw the Redeemer. She gave herself continually to prayer night and day. Obviously, she had vision, right? Obviously, she had purpose. Obviously, she had desire. She prayed that thing through. Now, what is the watchman's assignment? The Webster's definition of a watchman is a person hired to guard or watch, now stay with me, especially at night, a person hired to guard or watch, especially at night. Now God said, I've set watchmen upon your walls. We're, we're going to get into it, but I'm going to say it now. Where do these watchmen reside? In the natural, the watchmen where they would reside is they'd reside on the protective walls that led into the city. There would be these walls that were around the city, and there would be these men and women, they would call them, or men, they would be watchmen, and they were called to guard at the top of those walls all the good that was inside. The people inside the city didn't have to worry about anything because they had the watchmen watching. You're listening. A watchman in the Hebrew word is S-H-A-M-A-R, and it means to hedge about as with thorns, to protect, attend to, look narrowly to preserve. I look at this definition, I think of Ezekiel 22:30. I sought for a man among them that would what? Stand in the gap and put up a hedge. So a watchman is somebody who guards and he protects and he puts up the hedge to preserve. What are they preserving? They're preserving what, all the good within the city walls. They're protecting, they're hedging. They're called to guard, to keep, to keep a watch. Another word for watchman is T-S-A-P-A-H. It means, listen to this, to lean forward, to peer into the distance, to observe, to await, to behold, 
to look up, wait for, keep the watch, watchmen. Now you think about that in the light of the prayer of intercession, specifically an intercessor. Where does an intercessor reside? He resides on the walls in the spirit of a family, your family, of a city, of a region, of a nation. What is their calling? They're called to watch, they're called to pray, they're called to preserve, and because of their place in the realm of the spirit, because we're talking about prayer now, they're able to see trouble coming from afar. They see things that people within the city don't see. Why? Because of their position at the top of that wall, they can look narrowly, they can look up, they can see what's coming. And the beauty of the watchman is this, he can stop trouble from coming before it ever enters into the city walls. And basically, a lot of times the people in the city walls, they don't even know what's going on, but the Holy, the Holy Ghost through the watchman knows what's going on. And he will reveal things to his servants, the prophets. He will reveal things to his servants, the prophetic intercessors, to stop trouble from coming to your family, to stop trouble from entering into your city, your region, your neighborhood, to stop trouble from coming into your nation. I truly believe that there have been many things that have been aborted when it comes to some of the terrorist attacks on the United States of America. And people will say, well, but the ter terrorism is happening here, and it did happen on 9-11. Let me just say this. I know for a fact that there were several people that were praying and interceding for our nation before those twin towers ever came down. They were alerted. They were praying. They had a sense of urgency in their spirit. They were awakened in the night. They felt oh, an uneasiness and unrest, and they took that uneasiness. They took that unrest, and they brought it into the place of prayer. This concludes my teaching for today. For more information or resources, visit our website at margieflorent.org.